0: I just want another shout out to thank you to uh, all of you that have been helping us move. Uh, as you can see, a lot has emptied out of this building and uh, moved into the new building or being moved in in the process. So you've brought your trailers, your kids, and thank you. Thank you for uh, all you've done. It's been huge for my wife and I and, and uh, the staff and, and getting everything situated. Big prayer point. Uh, and people who write notes or you can type this in your phone because I'm serious about this one we cannot have occupancy until we have our fire panel and they're actually looking at the black market somewhere in the city to find a fire panel would you think I mean so we need this to come this has been ordered months ago I don't know if it's on a boat somewhere out there in California I don't know but we need this fire panel to have occupancy we have partial occupancy but for us to meet we need that. So we really need you to pray to persevere and declare. How many will do that? Okay, most of you. It's okay, great. To pray and says, okay, get this in. So we're told somewhere around mid-March or late-March, and I was hoping the beginning of March that, you know, we would be out of here, but uh, we really need a breakthrough in that. That's the one thing. So you pray that this panel that connects to the fire alarm system in the city will give us approval for that. Is that simple? That's not a big deal, right? God can do that. And every time we've prayed, now we're going to pray corporately and, and for that. So we just thank you for that. And then also super excited about guest services, everything that Angie has put together and uh, Angie Gergen and Ellis, and my wife, Rhonda, and but uh, close to 100 people coming with pizza after. So uh, I'm going to begin here and uh, welcome those on Facebook. Uh, thank you for kind of tolerating us, less lighting. Uh, in a few weeks here, we'll have a bright stage, and, and things will be a lot different, but thank you. Thank you for tuning in, and we believe God's blessing over your life and your family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you, and I recognize that in and of myself, I know I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. I want to just continue on in the Destiny Moment series. And uh, someone asked me, you know, like, what is the word for the church? And I've kind of been thinking about it. I think, you know what? It's this word timing. And it's what God is doing in this Destiny caros moment of the church. And uh, I want to talk to you about one of the major uh, uh, derailers, if I could say it that way. An obstacle, uh, something that get us sidetracked from us experiencing our destiny moment, that keros moment. I want to talk to you about that here in this fifth week in our series. I subtitled the message, Hang In There. Hang In There. And I want to talk to you uh, about uh, some prayers and, and some things here. But uh, my text is Luke 18.8. Jesus says, I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. Somebody shall quickly. And we've been talking about suddenlies and God moving, but in the moment, there is the chronos time where we live day in and day out. And we, we you know, we, as we say, we make the donuts. We go to work. And somebody's got to do laundry. Somebody's got to keep shoveling snow. Amen. I mean, and then another snowstorm coming. And, and there's things that we have to do. But if we stay faithful and we hang in there and we persevere, Some of you need to hear that. I'm going to talk about perseverance and tenacity today. And God says quickly he'll do work. However, when the Son of Man comes, he says this, will he find this kind of persistent faith? Somebody shall persistent faith. So Jesus is trying to teach us something here that applies to your life individually today. It's about not giving up. Not losing hope. Our text has been Galatians 6 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. And God wouldn't put that in the Bible unless he knew that as times we would get weary and tired. And so he puts this in as an he admonition. He says, At just the right time, someone shout time. It's that word, keros. We will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. And we talked about over the weeks of keros miracles being manifested. And that means keros in the Greek is an opportune time, uh, an opportune season. Uh, It's a fitting time. Uh, It's different than we said than the chronos day where we get the word chronological Days, weeks, months, years, sequence of moments, uh, duration of time. But a kairos moment is is an is an appointed time because if you've been persevering and praying and believing and being tenacious, amen. And some of you are like, Yeah, I gave up a long time ago, Pastor. Well, I want to encourage you, don't give up, because you will reap. And we are a living, we as you in Church for the Harvest are a living testimony to that miracle now. So many times I wanted to quit on a Monday and sometimes it got Sunday afternoon after the message. It was like after 20 years, even people outside the community, they know, yeah, it's been decades. I'm like, yeah, it has been. But here we are soon to enter into our new building during a pandemic. <laughs> and we're raising over a hundred thousand that was we and had a goal for only God can do that. That's what's called a caros moment. Amen. I didn't quit, we didn't quit. Somebody shout amen. amen. So so I can speak, I think, with a little bit of authority about not quitting. <laughs> amen. I'm telling you honestly, I wanted to many times, many times. And I did, but then my wife said, Get up, you gotta preach today, so I can get back up and go. <laughs> Yeah praise God for my wife. <laughs> she had a major part in us not quitting and you need to tell her that too. Thank you Rhonda. So and well, last week we talked about uh following God's opinion not man's and and I said this about the children of Israel with Joshua and Caleb they came back with a good report, a good report and they believed God's promise and that they would inherit the land and and and, and they you know these 10 came back with a factual report or we said a scientific and the facts of the science was considered unbelief to God. And so you can uh, get that podcast or listen to that online. It was considered an evil report. And I said this that the opinion of ten people caused two million people to wander in the desert for 40 years. What does that mean? If you listen to the wrong voices, you can miss your moment. You can you can I don't want to be critical on this, but you can sit in a church and not hear anything about the teaching in God's word in equipping in your life. And you can wonder 20, 30, 40, come on, 50 years and go, what have I done with my life? You missed the moment of God because of where you've been listening to maybe the wrong voices. You know, and I know when I'm talking from a place of authority that I've known people that, you know, said that, yes, I've known pastors, quote unquote, that they, they just had it was a vocation for them. And they weren't even a believer. How can you be a pastor in a church and not even know God? But it's true. Because people put them into powers and position, and they're in an authority. There's no life there. And I don't mean that mean or ugly. I mean, the, the pastor should at least be saved and know what it means to be a Christian. Amen. I'm going to get off of that. All right. So listen to God's opinion. And we found out that 11... Day journey turned into forty years, and we talked about a challenge. Be careful who you align with, who you associate with, and I don't mean that to be you know always on edge, but just use wisdom. Use wisdom. Uh, Galatians one ten, another verse. Galatians one ten says, Paul says, for I am now, for if I uh, for am I now seeking? Let me just read it from here; it's a little bit clearer. For am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Question mark. You know, and I think about the word there is seeking. Who will we seek in the approval? The approval, actually, it means seeking the favor, to win the favor, to win human approval, to gain the approval. The sad thing, and it's so true, is people follow people. It's true. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Watch this. If the people they're following, other people, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So if you're following other people who go, you know what? I believe That's a man and a woman of God. That's a good thing. You're a wise person. Amen? But people follow people because they have a white robe or a stethoscope. Come on, somebody. Or they're an authority. Or they think, well, they're important. Or what? I'm I, I mean, mean about some people follow people just because they're beautiful. Or they're handsome. Come on. You know, like that, that's an authority. Come on, people. We need to follow God. All right. And it's okay to follow godly men and women, whether whatever they look like, if that's a man or woman of God. I can't tell you in the past how many godly praying women, uh, elderly women that just, you know, maybe they weren't the most affluent or whatever, but they knew God. And I would say, can you please pray for me? Can you lay your hands on me? I need your prayers, and they would touch God for me. And so we need to follow God, getting off of that. So we don't want to please man. We want to please the Lord, be a servant. All right, so a key factor moving right along here and experiencing your destiny moment, and I have this little picture of a cat that I put up there because a lot of us sometimes, you know, we think about tenacity hanging in there, um, here's the thing about this. Trials, watch this, don't produce faith, they produce patience. James 1.3 talks about that. Now watch this, revelation of God's word in ways increases our faith. So the two together, faith, watch this, and patience enable us to receive God's promises according to Hebrews 6.12. So there is a faith, and then there is a, there's a trials, there's difficulty. And um, I heard one preacher recently just talking about that 75% of people do want nothing to do with God, America. And he said that the 25% are open. And the reason the 25% are open, now watch this, is because they have a storm in their life. The rest of the 75% of them, excuse me, will within a month, a year, Five years, 10 years, we'll have a storm. And you need to be ready for that. And so a lot of churches have focus on the 75. I want nothing to do it. Listen, when we would do outreaches in New Orleans and Mardi Gras, my wife and I would just stand there or the teams would just stand with a, a sign there and tens and thousands of people come by. Some people scream, some people laugh, throw beer, throw beads at you, whatever. I said, like, you're just part of the 75, just smile. Part of the 75%. Then somebody comes and goes, My wife just left me. My husband, my daughter has cancer. My, and they're open to God. And you know what I have people just fall right at my feet. They're like, no, get up. I'm just Mr. Nobody. Come here. I want to point you to the, you know, and they're just broken, but that's the 25%. The church in America is be ready for the 25%. Now, if you multiply that now to about a population, that's a lot. But God cares about all. He's part of the He's Lord of the harvest. My job is I can't intellectually persuade you to come to Jesus. I can preach and the word could go forth and touch your spirit, man, and woman. If you're not ready and you're just like, mm, I'm going to serve, do my own, I'm going to do my own way. Okay. Trials are coming. The storms are coming. I said the storms are coming <laughs> and we'll be here. Now, the danger is don't think you can be in a storm and not be scathed. Listen, the house is on fire. You don't leave, you know, without getting smoke damage. And that's what the enemy wants to do, to kill, steal, and destroy your life while you're thinking, I can do this on my own. Somebody say amen. Substance of prayer. Talk about tenacity. It's the story of two frogs. I heard John Garlock when I was in Bible school, he read this. He said, the story of two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so it has been told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, said number one. It's plain no helps around. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, sad world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two of sterner stuff, Dog paddled in surprise. The while he licked his creamy lips and blinked his creamy eyes. I'll swim at least a while, he thought, or so it has been said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog was dead. An hour or more he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter. Then hopped out from an island he had made of fresh-turned butter. <laughs> I didn't write that. But what it is, it's, the, it's, it's a picture about us persevering persevering, not giving up. And so many people are like, oh, it's useless. And then they just fade into obscurity. And that's what the enemy likes to do. What am I trying to say? Prayer and tenacity for you experiencing your destiny moment is so important. Here's the thing. I'll just divert a little bit here on prayer. Very passionate in my heart. And I believe this. I've taught this for years here. Prayer, I believe, has a substance to it. You can't necessarily in the natural field, but in the spirit realm, there's substance to prayer. I don't want to help you now, just follow with me here. Just like there are spiritual gifts and graces. I mean, now just think about this. Can you have more of God than you have right now? Well, no, you know, theologically, you know, when I get Jesus, I get all of Jesus, you know, okay, okay. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. And, but the Bible talks about double portions, in the Old Testament, Elijah and Elisha, he shall have a double portion. So did he have more of God than Elisha? Well, if you look through the miracles Elijah did, twice the amount. If you've served out, Elisha did two times the amount. Okay, well, uh, that's different. Uh, the Bible talks about grace, then it says great grace, and then it says all grace, it talks about love. Come on, somebody. Then it says greater love. Or it'll say greater love has no man. And it goes, goes on and on. And God's word, Hebrews 4.12, talks about it is alive and it exerts power. So you need to understand that when you pray, a lot of times people's mindset is, especially up here, is that, Lord, I asked for this. Nothing's happening. Uh, okay. Well, that's stupid. That's useless. He doesn't, he, I ask for, and then they just walk away defeated. But what you need to understand, like the frog, is you got to just keep pushing. And I'm going to talk. It's not God's reluctance, so hold on here in a moment. But you got to keep pressing. You say, is that works, Pastor Mike? No, it's not works. What it's doing, it's pushing back the darkness. It's driving. See, when you don't have an understanding in the realm of the spirit how the enemy works, and you see these pictures in the Bible, you'll get discouraged, and you'll quit, and you won't hang in there. How many with me say amen? So there are, I believe, measures of God's power. How many know if I had a little, I used one time an illustration, a little pen flashlight I had up here. And then I had a a regular kind of a flashlight, certain amount of light. Then I held up a two million candle or five, and it was like, oh. So, So there are measures of God's power and grace in our life. All right. And if you want a low level pen light measure, you can have that. (laughs) <laughs> I said that with a smile. But if you want something greater, you got to press in to the things of God, that all that he has for you. I'll just give you the little example here. 1 Kings 18.1. 1 Kings eighteen one. i I'm just going to read from here. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And so he, after three and a half years before, he said there's not going to be any rain. And so Ahab was furious. He wanted to kill him. The land was in drought. It was horrible. But it says, after it came to pass, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Now, who is sending rain on the earth after three and a half years? It says, God is, the, present yourself to Ahab, I will. That's the Lord. So the Lord is sending rain on the earth. And so what most Christians will do, they'll read that and they'll say this, it's hallelujah, praise God, woo, you know, whatever, their twizzly thing and flag and they'll run and say, God has done this. And so we're just gonna rejoice in that. And, and, but notice 1 Kings 18, 42 and 43. So what happens? <clears throat> God said he's gonna send rain in the earth. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. That's like the carnal Christian. <laughs> Well, God said it, glory to God, you know, they're going to build and praise the Lord. And, 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 uh, but we do nothing to participate in that. We do nothing to help that. Come on, somebody. And and so, so he goes up to eat and drink. Woo. God said rain's coming. So he's excited, but that's not what Elijah does. What does he do? He says, Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Now he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Some commentators say like, well, you know, it just was symbolic, whatever. How many know if, I'm going to just get down in that position, you might not be able to see me back there, but if I do this, and I do this, and I do this, does that make me think I'm praying? Is that a position of prayer? Okay, so he, he's do, God already said he's bringing rain. What are you doing down there? Come on, do you see that? So what it's saying that is God, even though he declares things, we got to press in. He wants your participation. He can do it without you. He don't need me, but he's chosen to work through you. Okay? So you need to grab a hold of this when it comes to prayer and being persistent and seeing your destiny moment. His faith between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look towards the sea. Because he's declaring, God already said rain's coming, but he's interceding. He's praying. He's going in between. That's what God wants. Otherwise, this wouldn't be in the Bible, this verse. All right, now watch this. He went up and looked and said, there's nothing. How many times did he go up? Come on, child, say seven. But on the seventh, I don't have that verse pulled up, but on the seventh time, he said, I see a dark cloud. It's like a man's hand, and it looks like, and I said, rain's coming, rain's coming, go. And so seven times, what does that mean? He said, go check. He goes, he looks. I've been believing God for my son or my daughter or this marriage, this relationship or this thing to turn around or whatever. Nothing. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Speak and declare it. What do you see? Nothing. Keep going. Come on, somebody. Why did it take seven times for him to dip uh, uh, in, in the, the, the Jordan River, um, who was the, the, the Syrian king, Damon, and he had leprosy? Dip seven times. It's talking to us about we need to persevere. The seventh time he sees it, and then the answer came. How many of you know that in the moment when the answer comes, you'll know. But until then, you gotta persevere. You have to press in. All right, persistence. Now the question is, why is it necessary to pray even at all? Uh, you know, people say that well, once you know, ought, you know, should be enough. And God said He would do it. Here's the thing. The concept is, what I believe, is that our prayers do more than simply motivate the Father to action. Now watch this. They actually, your prayers actually release the power of the Holy Spirit from us to accomplish things. How many know greater is he that is in you that's in the world? And see, and see, and so God's called us to be kings and priests, amen. He's training us to reign with him. Our training is, it's it's it's, it's um, the majority of our training in our life is, yes, obviously here on earth, but when we get in the life thereafter, he's training us to do what? You think we're going to be floating around in heaven just with the wings, you know, some of the little stubby wings floating around, just going singing praise? Yes, we will, but there's a vast universe out there, amen. And uh, God has more for us all. I won't get (laughs) to divert from that right now. Persistence in prayer, Luke chapter 18. Jesus told a story about a judge that wasn't fair. Maybe you can uh, pull up this verse, Luke 18. And the Bible says, I will tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. So this judge is not fair. It's an unfair judge. This judge is not God. You need to know that. He's just telling a story. He wasn't fair. He didn't have integrity. This is like a picture of the enemy. I believe Satan. He didn't care for people or this widow. How many know God cares for people and he cares for the widow? So you got to get the right frame of mind here because we read this and we go like, well, this this reluctance with God in my prayer. And And so this widow, she keeps coming to him day after day, trying to get him, watches to do something out about a person that had done her wrong. And what what does the Bible say? The judge ignored her. He didn't pay her any attention. But here's the thing, the widow would not quit. She had persistence. Let me show persistence. And so finally, the judge says to the lady, I'm gonna give you what you ask, not because I want to, but because you're, Wearing me out with your constant request. Now watch this. Jesus said to the disciples, if this judge who is not fair, I mean, know God is all right. will we'll, you know, uh, we'll make the right decision because the lady wouldn't quit asking. Do you think God who is fair will keep putting off those who come to him? The Bible says God will grant them justice quickly. Somebody shall quickly. And so when you're in difficult seasons, when you're in the chrono season, the chronological season that all of us are in at times, day in and day out, things are not turning around, keep praying. Keep persisting. Keep pressing in. God is working on your behalf. Thanking, thanking him that he's, he's fighting your battles. You're not begging him. You're reminding him of his promises to you in the word. And notice that God said he will do, he will give you justice quickly. Now, watch this. He said one translation says he will rush to your defense, he will come in haste. The key is to keep thanking the Lord. Can you say amen? Keep thanking him, talking like it's going to happen and not quit. Amen? So, why do you need to per- persist once again? I mean, does God have a, a certain amount of prayers? Uh, required for certain situations? That's an interesting question. Uh, Do we have to talk God into doing things that he really doesn't want to do? Lord, please, I want to marry this guy. Oh, please, can I marry this guy? Oh, please, Lord, no. Lord, please, I want to marry this guy. I just think he would be a great guy, you know, and please, Lord, I want to, no, no, no. Okay, finally, you can have him. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> and you know, the Bible says sometimes that we're so insistent, He will give us what we want, and it may even be to our own hurt. Somebody say, Amen, oh me. <laughs> so be careful what you pray for, what you insist on. Make sure it's from the Lord. The point of this passage in Luke, this same word to persist, watch this, is the same as in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. But I think there's a quote I have up here before that. Persistence in prayer is never required for the purpose of overcoming God's reluctance. God is not, if, if God says no, it's no. Really, in a situation. If this is not for you, he will bring the situation that you can actually pray for and align with his prayers properly. But if there's something that it, it is not in his will for your life, thank God for that, amen, that he'll divert you and direct you to the right place amen so um so these prayers these prayers does god finally decide to do something do we earn answers through hard work or perseverance no and some bring up this passage is this this prayer of what they call importunity in luke which means importune to persist with god until he decides to finally give us what we've asked for no the answer is no this quote we have, I, I pulled up, persistent in prayer is never required for the purpose of overcoming God's reluctance. This word, importunity, in the Greek, and I'm not gonna bore you with this, but in Luke 11:8, it means shamelessness, bold, unashamedness, watch this, without modesty or shame. It's the same meaning in Hebrews 4:16. The verse you just had, pull that back up. Hebrews 4, which 16, which says this, Whenever we are in need watch this we should come bravely some shall bravely. bravely what does that mean in the greek it actually means come boldly yeah, yeah. the king james to the throne of grace well, well you know i asked you know all right man upstairs you know if you find it in your heart and time i know you're busy i know you i know you're busy with the universe and and woe is me, the little worm down here, who's, you know, Mr. Nobody, Mrs., you know, you go on and on and on, and this woe is me, and perhaps maybe if you could spare a little, a little power to come my, no, 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 no. Come boldly, boldly. come confidently, Confident. come watch this, without fear, before the throne of our merciful God. I come boldly in the name of Jesus, not in my own strength, but covered by the blood, and I come boldly in your presence. That's what it means. That's, what this, that's the same meaning to persist in prayer. That's what he's talking about. That's what Jesus is saying. And we will be treated with undeserved grace, and we will finally find help. So when we, we are to approach the throne of God boldly, not with a sense of unworthiness or shame, um, just like the petition of the story, we can, this woman, like this woman, approach God as our friend at any time, knowing that we are welcome in his presence. Well, I have been living right. Repent, fall forward, get back up. Ask God to, come on somebody. Well, are you still running around like Adam and Eve when they sin? Trying to find leaves somewhere? Hiding? Uh, hello, uh, Olie, Lena, where are you? You know, where are you? Well, we're hiding. Cause we're, you know, get, get, deal with that. Draw near to the Lord. Amen. Well, ask God to c- cleanse you and just come boldly His throne of grace. How many know it's not because of your power or your strength? So I believe simply why we are to persist and persevere, and why it's important that you this is a major key factor in experiencing our destiny moment is that we release the power of God in those moments on a consistent basis. Yes, how many know that it's Christ's provision. It's the Holy Spirit's power, amen? It's God's logos, it's his word. But we have to release it by praying, by speaking. I hope some of you are being more stirred on the importance of prayer. You know, otherwise then it's chalked up, well, it's not the will of the Lord. It's not God's will, so we're just gonna let that go. I mean, I already asked one time. Come on, come on now. Someone shall persevere. I got this scripture in 2 Samuel 23. It's about three of David's mighty men, Shema, Adino, and Eleazar. And Shema had tenacity in the face of a humble assignment. He defended a small plot of lentils, a pea field, basically, with a bunch from a bunch of Philistines. One guy, he wouldn't quit. Another one Adino. He personified tenacity in the face of overwhelming odds as he killed 800 Philistines single-handedly. One guy. Eliezer pictured tenacity in the face of incredible, overwhelming fatigue. After he fought for several hours, they had to pry his sword from his hand because it was so tight he hung on to it. How many know that's tenacity? God's trying to give us a picture. Hang in there. Press on. You will receive all that God has for you. Can you say amen? See, the story, this verse teaches us the importance of of perseverance and endurance, but hang in there didn't make it into the Ten Commandments, but it did make it into the nine fruits of the Spirit, Galatians. Pull up Galatians if you would. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and someone shout long-suffering. Someone is like, oh, I'm just suffering long. People abusing me saying, oh, I'm just suffering for Jesus. No, 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 no. The word long-suffering in the Greek is the word longanimity. It actually means fortitude. In other words, hang in there. Hang in there. And this day of instant, everything from fast foods to get rich quick schemes and how to have the biggest whatever in town overnight and four easy quick steps to get your answer in prayer. We lose, uh, we have lost the character trait of hanging in there. We don't want to persevere. I get frustrated just going into Wally world or something. And there's too many people in line or, you know, and checking things out. And it's just, it's, it's, it's our culture and what we live in. How many with me say, amen. I mean, we cook faster. We travel faster. I'm sometimes frustrated with the microwave. It can't heat it up in 12 seconds, man. This is a low power thing. We need a high. uh, Come on somebody. Amen. I know I'm talking and we expect God to keep pace with us, especially in prayer. Hallelujah. Much of society has forgotten to persevere. We don't have the striving spirit like the artist Raphael. Once he was questioned, what is your greatest painting? He smiled and said, my next one. <laughs> one finds Raphael always trying to do better. This is the same thing when it comes to prayer and an attitude of persistence in experiencing our keros moment with the Lord. How many with me, say amen. I have this quote, perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you've already done. That's what perseverance is. How many know by perseverance, the snail reached the ark? Did you get that? Come on, somebody, the snail had to get on the ark, amen? Uh, By perseverance, I mean, perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding on the 20th. I had a, this is a very humiliating, some of you remember a few years ago, I'm still working on this vehicle. This is terrible. But this Tiburon car, it was Mariah's original car. (laughs) So we rebuilt the motor, and I won't get into all of it, but there was an oil leak, and I couldn't find out where it was. And I kept changing. So ladies, just bear with me for this moment. Guys, You I kept changing the front crankshaft seal. And I changed it 12 times, and it kept leaking. But that wasn't the problem. (laughs) And I even started a forum online to Four, or 500 people went chimed in, you sure it's the seal? You sure? Yes, yes. And finally, I got so sick and tired. There was times I was under this car crying. Why is this leaking, Lord? Can't you see? And I, and, and then people said, just put it online line and just tell it's a mechanic special. Get rid of it. I'm like, yes, yes. But I cannot sleep without knowing. Maybe that's why God put me here as the pastor, to hang in there. And I, I got the engine pulled apart now, and I know what the problem was. But I fixed the oil leak a while back I found out what it was. And you think, like, well, what was it? And, like, I had other mechanics wondering, what, what is it? What is it? I'm like, after about 4,000, 5,000 miles I drove, I kept putting oil in, kept putting oil in, and I noticed above the seal, dirty oil came down and went, oh, it wasn't that. So it was just a plug that wasn't tight. Anyhow, moving right along, <laughs> it was... And it was horrible. But you know what? I can't quit until it's right. And maybe that's what I can put there. It's like a curse. My wife's like, get rid of it. Put it in the dump. Throw it out. She'd push it out on the front. I'm like, I I can't. We've been messing so much. Stuff goes flying out the door. She's just like, get rid of it. But I I So it's got to be God's grace to persevere. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Let me conclude here. Stand with me if you would, please. To experience your destiny moment, you need to persevere. Hang in there, this mindset, this tenacity. Pull up this African cheetah. Uh, Someday I'd like to have a pet. They just seem so cute. (laughs) But we are much like the African cheetah. It's got to run down its prey to eat. It's well-suited for the task. It can run up to speeds of 70 miles an hour. The cheetah has only one problem and that it has a disproportionately small heart, which causes it to tire quickly. If the cheetah doesn't catch its prey quickly, it's got to end the chase because it has a small heart. And I think about that, and I think about it as an illustration when it comes to persevering, hanging in there. We often have the cheetah's approach when it comes to prayer. Amen? Well, I walk in and you know, it, it, it's not resounding with whatever. And, you know, it just uh, seems like nothing's happening here. And then we leave and we, you know, no, you got to persevere. You got to press in. And so what happens? We speed into our prayer closets with great energy. Speed to the front of the church. And we speed to someone else for prayer via text or messaging. Please pray for me. All those things are good. But many of us, we lack a heart the sustained effort. And we often falter before we accomplish what is needed. And so what do we do? Well, try again. Next time, I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna run faster. And pull this up as a quote. What is needed may not be more explosive power, but more staying power. I want that to sink in, especially as we move into our new building church. God has called Harvest to not be like every other church. We're not a seeker-friendly church. God bless them. We're a Holy Spirit-sensitive church, Okay. And I believe God wants to fill many, many people in our region, in our city, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. I I can only come from experience of how that has altered and affected my life in prayer, having that grace of the baptism. And it's not talking about being forced upon, it's offered. It's offered. A lot of churches don't even, it's not even on their radar. And that's okay, that's that's God that's the way they are and they have to deal with that between the Lord, that's what they're called to do but we are a Holy Spirit sensitive church and and, and and prayer and tenacity is a major part in that and so I'm believing God for someday on a Saturday morning, we have more people coming to prayer than we do on a Sunday I'm just I'm, maybe I'll be 90, I don't know come and wow it happened but I'm just believing the Lord, that we'll be a praying church. Because we don't just think it's hot and cold, it's black and white. No, there's a perseverance, that people are there. Have they received their answer yet? No, but they're pressing in. They're, they're enforcing the kingdom of God. They're releasing power in the spirit realm. And, and they're trusting the Lord, and they're persevering. They're, see, prayer is not a yes or no. Prayer is tenacity. Prayer has substance. Come on, somebody. Psalm 32. my last slide. I shall run the way of your commandment, for you will enlarge my heart. We needed a large heart. God wants to enlarge our heart to see the importance of prayer and tenacity. How are you going to experience your destiny moment? It's not going to be by you quitting and throwing in the towel and walking away. No, we could have did that. My wife I just said, forget it. And they'd still be meeting here. Somebody else, I could be easily replaced. But God will have the last word you will have the last word. I will run the way of your commandment with purpose. For you will give me a heart that is willing, one translation says. For for you have broadened my understanding. And a large heart means to broaden your understanding, to see that, that we live in a spiritual world. Even though it's natural, there are spiritual things that are taking place. The Bible says, for you enable me to do so. That's what it means to have an enlarged heart. Amen. Amen. Every head bow, please. Be not weary in doing good. Hang in there. Why? God is enlarging our hearts. Lord, I pray you would enlarge your hearts to see. Lord, help us, help the families, help every individual here. See the importance of prayer. Help them see the importance of that. There's tenacity and perseverance to experience their destiny moment to have a whatever-it-takes attitude, but have us to have a heavenly mindset, a heaven's perspective on our lives, not an earthly, a heaven's perspective, I pray, Holy Spirit, I feel God descending, I feel the Spirit of God descending. Some of you just need to receive right now. Say, Lord, here am I. I don't understand, but I want to learn. I want to know. I want to grow. I don't want to miss my destiny moment. Be not weary in doing well. Maybe there's a lost loved one. I haven't seen them saved. It's been 10 years. It's been 15 years. Keep pressing on. Pressing in. Driving back. Maybe you're fighting for your marriage. A son or a daughter. Maybe you're believing God for a breakthrough over your life. The breakthrough will happen. The breakthrough will happen. You just keep releasing God's power into that situation. And watch that thing. Turn around in Jesus' name. There head power. Those watching online, you're here this morning. It's a pastor. I've, I've stepped back. I've stepped away. I'm not where I should be spiritually. I heard this from Adrian Rogers, of Southern Baptist pastor. He said this. I wouldn't trust the best 15 minutes there I ever lived to get me into heaven. We need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need him in your life. How do I do that? You repent, you receive, you confess, and you make a motor your life. And if you'd like to be a part of that today, you want to join the family of God, you can do that now. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Today, I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. With your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I believe God meant it. And we're here to help you on your journey. We're to help you grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many learned something this morning? Say amen.